0: The Waddle & Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code
1: WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle & Sylvie same-game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. All right, uh, let's uh, not waste any time a while I remember in 2015 waddle and I were out in Arizona for spring training we were doing the show from a closet remember that yeah that was like day two or three that wasn't during this incident where I was gonna tell about because uh, we got the press box access yes. for our Joe Madden interview that's correct and but yes yeah, so like on day two or three we it was during a cubs Sox game. And um, all the broadcast booths were filled because it was a Cubs Sox game. So it, they had to take the Cubs TV. Both TV booths were filled. Both the radio booths were filled. So we were there to do our show in the afternoon during the game, and none of the other booths were available. So they're like, "Let's put Waddle and Sylvie in the in the copy room." Theo walked in, and he looked at us, and he's like, you guys are like in office space right now. You guys yeah. lost your office. Yeah. <laughs> what's his name, Stanley? Or what, what's exactly. the guy who yeah. was demoted into the basement? Yeah. But I remember, I always remember Joe came up. In one of those early interviews in 2015, and and we were just super impressed. Yeah, and he brought his fungo bat with him. He did. He was was raving about Javi. I believe that time. Yeah, as well. And remember, they demoted him in 2015 off the bat, but he kept telling us, he kept saying, "I'm telling you guys, this guy Javi, this guy Javi's going to be able to play." And he was absolutely right. Joe Madden, who. who, who was fantastic uh, in this town, and uh, it should never be forgotten, uh, joins us right now on the Car X, Tire, and Auto hotline on the Waddle and Sylvie show. Joe, how are you feeling today?
2: I'm doing great, and that's very kind of you, everything you just said. I do miss it, I'm not going to lie. Uh, best five years ever in a baseball stand, spending it in that city with that organization and that fan base, uh, it's, it's a, it's, you can't ever, it's, 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 you can't replicate that. It's, it was that good. But I appreciate the kind words, and yes, I do miss it.
0: Joe, I mean, obviously you could point to the World Series Championship, but is there something over that, five, that five-year stretch that stands out more to you than anything else?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you go to the NLCS three consecutive years. I mean, we went at this in 16, but 15, nobody nobody thought we would get there in 15. And if you look at that roster, retrospectively, it's like that was really, that group came together late and it kind of set up 16. And then here came 17. And that's after, you know, there's quite a hangover involved in winning the first World Series in 108 years. And so we struggled, struggled, we found our way. And then uh, we get through that with a really mean, mean five-game series with the Nationals that eventually caused, caused us to run out of gas playing the Dodgers. But, I don't, I don't think that's spoken about enough. The three consecutive trips to the NLCS with that particular group, um, that's not easy to do, and I'm, I'm really proud of that accomplishment.
0: You know, it's funny you say that, Joe, because obviously three trips to the NLCS in four years is amazing. The World Series title is amazing. But yet there are some some Cub fans that just say, wow, why did we only win one? What would you say to those Cubs fans?
2: Uh, it's not that easy, folks. <laughs> uh, everybody's professionals um, – uh, in, in the game obviously and you look around uh, to the rest but the the giants did a nice job uh in that decade from 2010 to 2020 i think when they went three of them which is really impressive uh you know the astros have been on a pretty good run also and the fact is um i don't know i mean, we, maybe we could have you know I, I thought uh we should have stayed together longer than five years as a group i thought um so who knows who knows if so, another one may have been hanging on the on a tree limb somewhere that we didn't get a chance to pick but uh, that's it. I mean, we, for three great years uh, and then we get beat up a really bad schedule at the end of uh, 18. If you remember, we had all these rainouts. we had to make up, like played almost 45 days in a row. And then 19, everybody got kind of hurt in September and it just fell apart. But um, you know, it's, it was good. It was that good. There's nothing to lament here folks. That was really a great run. And with five years, maybe if you had six, seven or eight, You might have done
1: it again. Yeah. Joe Madden joining us, Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Joe, I'm a diehard Cubs fan, and I will always look back, and I will always defend that era and say – that for me who grew up in a lot of lean years in the 70s and i didn't i was 13 before I, I even knew that the cubs were allowed to win um in 1984 when they won their first division i didn't know it was possible like i i called it's the golden era of of cubs baseball um one world series or whatever like that's the golden era and and i'm always appreciative and but the thing that struck me with what you said is if, if, if you could lament one thing, it, it's that you didn't stay together longer. And to me, I kind of think it sucks. Like I, I watched the video yesterday where Rizzo's gone, Javi's gone, KB's gone. What happened with Zobrist was so un- unfortunate. Um, uh, Schwarber, I loved you. Like I thought got a raw deal at the end. How do you, how do you kind of compute that in your brain?
2: Well, um, again, that's just the way this world works. Sometimes that's how the baseball world does work. Um, I agree. The thing about that group that you just mentioned, just think about every name that you threw out there. Part of part of that success was this was a really charismatic group, not just good baseball players, really good guys that I thought interacted well uh, within the clubhouse, interacted well, great with the city. I think it was a, I, I think the city, I know the city was able to identify with these people, these players, and that was part of the allure also. it was It went beyond just the game itself. Uh, again, look at it, sixteen and, and that whole that little block there. and Just think about the players involved, all of them, and uh, how we came together. Uh, kind of a disparate group in the beginning, and all of a sudden, you know, Theo brings in some. He you know, like was Johnny Lester, one of the most underrated, best free agent signs of all time. Um, Johnny was such a big part of that. David Ross comes in, and David's the glue. Uh, and, and and I also I, I'll defend this Miguel Montero. Had one of the biggest roles, and that's winning that thing, and he doesn't get any credit for it all. So, But again, I'm talking about really charismatic, good guys, uh, very strong um, personalities that required a lot of attention. And I think when you get to some really great teams, you're going to find that that they're not only going to be good, but there's going to be this element about them that's uh, very attractive to people that are looking in. Just
0: the three of us, no one else is listening. Who is your favorite? Yeah.
2: Who is your favorite player? <laughs> My favorite player? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bob Gibson, I hate to say it was a Cardinal, but, uh, you can't, you can't say that. I mean, um, they're all great. I, I didn't mean that since like if you're, if you're a parent, right? When you're a parent, um, which one of your kids is your favorite. It's impossible. They're, they they were all Depends on the that
0: day, good. right, Joe? Doesn't it depend <laughs> well, on the yeah, day? I
2: mean, of course, I mean, who's giving you the hardest time on a particular day? I don't <laughs> right. like them. Right. And, and who's coming in the office for the most stupid reason? Don't like them, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta deal with it. And, uh, We all go through those moments. Everybody, uh, they'll go sideways at some point and require some attention. And the reason why you require attention is like, really? (laughs) You're going to be all upset about something like that? But that's how it works. Everybody went through that. We all go through that. But uh, collectively as a group, that group is hard to beat.
1: You know, Joe, I always make the argument um, that – uh, John Lester deserves to be in a hall in the Hall of Fame for what he did in the postseason. And like his regular season numbers are very good, but we're used to the three hundred wins and a lot of people fight back on me on it because he doesn't have those big time numbers. What would you say? Does John Lester belong in the Hall of Fame?
2: Well, you're looking at other guys that are being put in the hall right now, position players that don't have the, the, the equivalent of three hundred wins as a as a position player. Uh, whether it's Scotty Rowan, great player. I mean, of course, Harold Baines, love Harold, great player. Uh, and now there's a couple others that have been thrown out there that you could make the argument that maybe the 300 wins isn't the benchmark anymore, just as it hasn't been the benchmark for um, position players. Uh, Freddie McGriff had to wait a long time. What is he expected, 493? There's there's other ways uh, to define. And listen, I'm not the sports writer. I'm not into defining how this um, should be uh, handled or what the criterion should be. But you're right. I mean, I'll tell you what. Uh, Johnny Lester in a playoff game uh, is really, really difficult to be. There, i.e. That day, uh, the game seven, when Rossi came to, up to me in the dugout and said, hey, he is absolutely electric. He told me about the fourth inning, uh, him warming up John Lester. No surprise. No surprise at all. So I think it's a strong consideration. And, um, again, I think there's been um, uh, other guys let in via different criterion mm-hmm. that would then permit Johnny to be considered. So,
1: so Rossi is now the manager of the Cubs. Um, obviously, you managed him. The Cubs are sort of in the same spot now as when you took over. Joe, what is most important for a team when building from the ground up?
2: Well, depth is a big part of that. I think you have to establish your, uh, your culture, your method, who, who we are, and how we're going to play this thing. Um, that's really, really important. And being on the same page from top to bottom, matters a lot um, today's game there's a lot uh, that is dictated from the front office to of the field more than had been done in the past so there's a real strong uh, has to be a strong uh uh coalition between the front office the, the staff and the players on the field because it's just a little bit different it just is i'll argue that with anybody but it's about to me it's about culture it's about a method a way of playing it's about fundamentals you can't get away from that uh you know analytics are analytics but i think we get so upset with the word analytics and that that's really more the problem than analytics is itself analytics is information we've been doing this for a thousand years it's just a different way of saying information and how that's uh, taken from the top to the bottom but for me culture when you show up at the ballpark what to expect on a daily basis what's the expectations um that uh, we we have set for all of us and that we go about our business uh getting to that really high level and, and not really being denied. So a lot of um, stuff I'm describing to you is very, it's it's uh, a lot of it has to do with feel, right? You know, there's a lot of people that don't want to hear about feel and wisdom and experience, but there is. A lot of it has to do with that. You just can't crunch a number and all of a sudden create a vibe in an organization or a method of winning. You just can't do that. It's I just talked about it with the other guys. The charisma combined with talent really is what made that team. I don't know enough of the Cubs out there now. I don't know where that's going on, what's going on with those players and talent wise and how they interacted with their with their vibes I don't know that but I'll tell you what uh, 15 16 17 18 19, those guys all had it yeah
0: Joe how about today baseball's making a lot of changes do you like the changes what do you make of what baseball's trying to do going forward
2: I like the I really like the clock. Uh, I, I do I think that's the one that's that's the linchpin to success I mean you could you could line up if you had, if that wasn't involved you can line up all these other uh, new rules or regulations or whatever you want to call them, and I don't think they would really uh, permit the success that everybody's seeking without the pace clock. So the pace clock is number one. After that, um, the other stuff I've never been a fan of, I've been vocal about that, the three batter minimum, I don't like it from a strategic perspective. It blows you up as a manager, and then you, know, you get you get criticized managing a ball game because you have to bring a bullpen per piece in there when he's got to face three guys. You might not like one or two of those <laughs> opportunities, but you got to roll with it. Uh, runner on second base, everybody's worried about um, people getting hurt all the time. I, I still think there's other ways to mitigate that uh, regarding uh, if the game goes too deeply, too far, which you can do the next day or the next couple days to mitigate the fact that you might have a tired team or some pitchers, as opposed to just doing a runner on second base. So I'm, I'm not I'm not here to bang on it. I'm just not a fan of it. Uh, the one that Theo brought up about the bases, I'm curious, because I'd like to see someone base becoming uh, more prominent in the game again, but it can't become prominent until uh, front offices sign off, sign off on it and are not going to get all upset when somebody gets thrown out and, and, and creates an out on the bases. That's really been the problem. That's, that's what's caused uh, the real dirt in running and base running and going first to thirds and just taking chances and opportunities on the base. The athletic movement of the game that we all like to see has to curtail because if you make outs on the bases, somebody's got to answer for it. So if, they, if the front offices go along with this, and are not going to get upset when somebody gets thrown out once in a while, then that can happen too. But I'm curious about that one. I think that's, again, we want to see movement. We want to see athletes. We want to see guys playing. Like with the shift. I mean, everybody's talking about the shift and how that's going to promote athleticism. I get it. But it also, I I, I don't know. I'm curious about that one too because I'm not a big proponent of that. I like organic movement. I don't like uh, legislation. Um, and I still believe, even with one guy on that side, that he could still be set in a position that's still going to be beneficial to defense uh, with with um, left-handed hitters, et cetera. Not the same, of course, with the, with the two guys or three guys on that side. But there's still advantages to be had that I'm curious about. Right. The one thing about that that really makes the most sense is you can't put the guy in the triangle in the outfield, right. that these defenders have to be on the dirt. So that's, that's the other thing I thought would have been just fine. Had you permitted the shift to continue but still permitted the defenders, I would have been okay with guys just having to stay on the dirt. Because, you I know, mean, honestly, I was one of the first guys to do the triangle. I'm not Lou Boudreau and those dudes, but back in the day, in the 90s, early 2000s, I had Benji Gill out there uh, with the Angels, and we were playing um, Delgado with the Blue Jays. And I said, Benji, go out way out there. I going mean, to some some fungos to MVP. Everybody, I want you to, uh, this is a weird angle to throw from. You have to get used to this weird angle. And he had the arm to do it. So this goes back to the early 2000s for me. I like, I like organic shifts. There's times, the one, like I said, the one that, I do really dig on. Above all of them is the fact that you got to get the ball and throw it. You got to get in the box and swing the bat.
1: Joe Madden joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN One Thousand. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to you about uh, Shohei. You 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 mm-hmm. you hear about him? Um, he picks the Angels. He shows up. You you know that he's the real deal. But did he even blow your mind as to how good he was?
2: Yeah, when I first saw him, he wasn't. I mean, the first strike I got there, he was hurt a lot. And I didn't see the arm. I didn't see that he was spinning off everything in the batter's box. Uh, he Really, his arm, he was not throwing strikes uh, with any kind of regularity. I was like, concerned a little bit because I, I didn't know. I'd, I didn't see that rookie of the year and I hadn't seen before that. But then next spring training on 2021, wow. I mean, it, it, it's just like, you got to be kidding me. It just He had a great offseason, shows up. The, the arm was in great shape. Is, is pitching uh, turned completely from what I'd seen before, and offensively, you know what he's capable of doing, and nobody even talks about how fast he this guy's really fast. So yeah, when you get to work with it on a daily basis and get to watch it, yeah, it's kind of mind blowing. And uh, he's at the point obviously where he's both hitting and pitching on the same day. But you have to understand, when I first got there, that was not that's not what was happening. I was trying from the beginning to get him to be able to pitch and hit on the same day and actually he wasn't even able to hit the day before the day after he pitched when i first got in anaheim so all these things have morphed over the last couple of years and this guy can deal with it he can handle it he um, he's got the right mental attitude he's, he's as strong mentally as i've seen any athlete be and to do what he does i don't know when the next guy is going to come around to be able to do that it might be another 50 to 100 years i don't know
0: joe is he the best or maybe the best better describes the most valuable player in baseball at this point, because of all that he can do.
2: But he's top five on, on both sides of the ball, man. I mean, he is, you gotta be, you gotta put him up there annually. I mean, what I always that when you're describing things like this, I always say with good health, of course, with good health, but, uh, this guy's well, he's going to be top five pitcher in both leagues. He's going to be top 10, I would say offensive player in both leagues. Um, the power, obviously, is dynamic, uh, how hard he hits the ball. But like I said, he really runs well, too. And I think as he continues to you know, be in the league, he's going to make some really good adjustments at the plate that is going to permit him to do things like drive the ball the other side more readily as opposed to just uh, feel like he has to pull the ball at the time. He knows what he's doing, man. This guy can make adjustments on the fly. As a pitcher, he's got as great a feel for pitching as anybody I've ever had. Uh, in his regards to his ability to create in the moment, you Darvish and him, uh, the guys that I've had, are really um, unique in their ability to take the ball before the game, feel something, ask a couple questions, take it in the game, and be dynamic with it. It's just, it's just another level. Yeah.
1: Uh, Joe, you wrote the book, Book of Joe, Trying Not to Suck at Baseball in Life. Was the reason you wrote it because Jesse Rogers gave you the first taste of book writing and you loved it so much you had to write it by yourself? Or did he screw it up the first time so badly that you had to do it the right way and had to write for yourself?
2: I think both answers are are both correct, (laughs) right? I think. you know, because the, the first book, I really had nothing to do with the first one. Him and uh, uh, Chastain uh, did that book. And I, decided, I, I advocated, I did whatever I could to help both of those. I love Jesse. Jesse and I have a great relationship. But, uh, yeah, I, I really had nothing to do with that. And I've always been waiting to do this. Actually, the, all the stuff I did for the recording I did for it was during the pandemic. When we got sent back uh, in 2020, I was in a RV park in East Mesa, Arizona, I rode my bike every day for like three months, almost 100 consecutive days, and I recorded over 100 hours of audio. And I would send it to Tommy Verducci and the publisher every day. And they would ask me to, they would direct me, dig down more deeply in this particular area. Is there something you're missing in regards to this? Can you explain more deeply what you have, what, what the, the point is regarding what you had said yesterday? I kept getting directed, and it was a tremendous experience for me. So I gave it to Tommy and Verducci's that skillful. Tommy's a really great writer, very bright young man. So it began in 2020, but I'd been asked back in 2008 after the race went to the world series. And I thought, nah, I'm not, it's not time for something like that. I'm not ready to see my face or name on a book, but I felt after i left the Cubs, I thought it was the right thing to do approach Tommy and we put it together. And he and I are also doing a podcast on the book of Joe podcast. We just got back from Savannah, Georgia. We were at the Savannah book festival, which was an absolute blast. Something I'd never experienced before. I love the city of Savannah. I got to go back, but we've been involved in all these other things that I've never been involved with, and it's really wonderful to do with Tommy Berdutti. What's the next chapter, Joe? You got to write um, another. Yeah, one. I, no, no. I'd like to get back in the game somehow. Um, I'm ready. I've uh, and I'm trying to stay in really good shape. My golf game's down to an 8.6 handicap. Um, my grilling, my grilling has dramatically improved, and when I get back to Pennsylvania, my garden looks fantastic. So. There's all these other skills that have been latent, and I'm, I'm really trying to pick up on that. But yeah, I want to do this again. Uh, hopefully the right group, the right situation arises. Um, the juices are there. Um, I, I still think, you know, the time element is still fresh. Maybe, you know, into this season, hopefully next season, uh, I would get the right kind of opportunity. I'm not just saying just managing. I'm saying anything uh, with the right dance partner, because i got a lot to offer. I've done almost everything in the game. i got some decent ideas, so that's something I would want to do again, and I'm looking forward to possibly getting like, that kind of opportunity. Like, what
1: do you mean by that? Uh, as far as not
2: managing, but what, like front office? Yeah, of course I can do that. I the do front office. I didn't, but I, I've ah, man, I'm the miles I managed in the mines. I scouted. I've been a farm director briefly on a major league level. I've done every position, including manager. I'm not been a GM, and I'm not saying that I you know, wouldn't be qualified for that right now, but. Um, I would definitely be able to assist the general manager or somebody um, in any, any particular facet. Like I said, I have player development, scouting, um, I, I can read a player uh, outside of a, uh, a math. I, I know what I'm saying. So all these things, I, I think I can bring to the table, and uh, just see how it all plays out. And again, the right it's got to be at the right desk. That's fine. Philosophically, you have to be aligned. Uh, somebody really wants to has to want you there, and if somebody really wants to have you there, I would both feed in, absolutely.
1: All right, give us a, a a great grilling tip and give us a great growing tip because Waddle's Lotto, a big gardener. Tim. I am. I do like to garden.
2: Yeah. Oh, well, the grilling tip. Uh, yeah, um, I you definitely have to. I've got these new uh, meat probes that you're able to put them in there. Uh, like I, I like New York strip steaks, like like a, like a two inch thick. They throw this sucker in there, and as it's – I like to grill it, like, um, on high heat, like 500. Um, I put it on the heat, and I kind of turn it clockwise or something after a minute and a half, then flip it over, do the same thing. So it's like six minutes, three, three on one side, three on the other, and then after that, indirect heat. And I want to get it up to, like, 127 and then pull it, and then let it sit for about five minutes or so, six minutes. I like the internal temperature right around – 138, 139, and then she's ready to roll, man. You don't want it any further than that. And and the resting period is absolutely paramount. Uh, I never knew that. I never knew how critical it was, and now I do. And so now i let that sucker sit there, mm. and with that probe in there, you get, in the right, you get that right, and you cut that sucker open, it's like that perfect pink-looking thing. So uh, the meat probe is out, is absolutely critical. With the gardening, um, you understand on top of it, man, you're just gardening requires daily attention. I had some beautiful, really beautiful flower pots underneath the windows back at the, in Sugarloaf on the Valley Country Club this last summer. I'm going to do it again. This one, uh, grass. I'm a grass guy, too. It's like anything else people don't realize. Feed it. you got to feed your plants. you yes. got to feed your grass. <laughs> it's like We have to be fed every day uh, two or three times a day. I think a lot of times people neglect to feed and water deeply their, their plants, and then they'll probably sit and look it's so good. So uh, feed them. It's just like you need to be fed, feed your plants, too.
0: What is, what is most difficult to deal with, a, a bad piece of meat, weeds in your garden, or a temperamental baseball player?
2: Huh, I'd say, uh, I think, well, bad piece of meat, you can't overcome it, you know? That's, if it's bad, it's bad. I mean, you could have the best grilling techniques, the best seasoning. I got a great grill in the back at DCS grill. It's outstanding. But if the meat's not good, nothing I can do with it. All
1: right. It's good stuff. Joe, all the best. Can't wait to see you back in the game. That's where you belong. Thanks for everything. We appreciate talking today. Thanks, Joe.
2: Well thanks thanks for having me on, guys. you be well and the best of all the uh, the Cubby fans. Appreciate
1: it. You got it. There you go. Joe Madden, uh World Series champion manager. We'll always forget twenty we'll always remember twenty sixteen. You'll never forget. You will never forget twenty sixteen. And thank you to Jesse Rogers for helping out. Yes, with Joe. absolutely. Joe Madden, I'm the CarX, Tire, and Auto. Hotline. If you want to react to that 312-332. Three seven seven six. We'll uh, revisit the web poll on whether or not you're rooting for or against the Bulls. We've talked a lot about the new rules of baseball. All that coming up next. All right, Chicago sports fans. Toyota has 20 vehicles with available all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. It's more than any other auto brand. From the resilient Rav Ford, to the sleek Camry all-wheel drive, the rugged Tacoma, the tenacious Tundra. The winter ready Highlander, so luxurious with all wheel drive to keep you and yours safe. So let's go, Chicago Winter. You bring the action, Toyota will bring the traction. You can find yours at Toyota.com, then head to your local Chicagoland Toyota dealers. Toyota, let's go places.
2: ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle & Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000
1: Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Oh! I do miss uh, hearing Joe... I miss talking to Joe. Yeah, listen, like, we're not going to pretend that there were times
0: when we disagreed with some of the stuff that Joe did. That's the nature of sports. But in general, you know, in total, I thought the Joe Madden experience on the
1: north side was pretty good. There was the micro and the macro. Like, there were many micro moments where I critiqued the hell out of him. I like and someone commented in the Twitch chat like I was all over him in game 7. It was funny cuz I think for good reason. Cap yeah, Cap and I argued about game 7 where he defended Joe and I went after Joe and it, it, it in the end Cap ended up being a huge crit, critic of Joe in the end which was weird because like he nearly blew blew that game 7 where um, you know whether or not he said that John Lester would not come in in a dirty inning. Uh, I thought he pulled Hendricks out too early. All you gotta do is listen to our interview with Jay, Jay Hay.
0: Hay, and and you'll get the feel that there
1: the was squeeze bunt yeah. with two strikes with Javi. Yeah, um, like there are many many well, the twenty seventeen bringing in John Lackey in a high leverage moment in the ninth or the tenth. I forget. But, like, John Lackey was not a reliever. John Lackey's first inning was always his worst inning. And yes. to bring him in in that moment was awful. Like, there were many things. But the totality in the big picture, and like one of my buddies, Perry, who hates, he hates Madden. He's like, he's like, boy, you guys are talking to this guy. even called him a goober. Like, I love Joe. Joe, to me, set the culture perfectly. Like, to me, again, like, I thought Javi was brought up in a perfect environment. I don't know if Javi would have become the player he... Like, you know, we always talk about um, a lot of the quarterbacks or a lot of players were in the right environment to blossom. I think Javi was in the perfect situation for him to grow as a baseball player. I agree. In that culture, in that environment. And I think there were a lot of other players who were. And um, It, It does when you look back at it. You do have to remember and remind yourself, it was only five years. He he was only here for five years. And think about all the other people who were given contract extensions in this town who were lesser coaches and lesser general managers. And um, think about Theo. Theo didn't hire particularly well before Joe Madden. He had two missteps. Can you name Theo's? Dale Swain. Uh Uh-huh. Ricky Renteria. Yeah, I mean, they weren't exactly. Do I win anything? Great. No, you know, there are no prize. Not exactly great hires before, and so you bring in Joe from Tampa, and all of a sudden now you got cred. You got street cred. You know what I mean? As far as the manager, and and you can go out and he can help you recruit a John Lester because now you've got a manager too, who's been there and done that. No,
0: I, listen, I, I mean, again, I do think it's funny to hear some people say, well, you only won one. And that's and, not, and, and, that, that's a tough critique considering how difficult
1: it is to win one in and, any sport. And, and I think he, I don't know if he directly said it, but who had won more than one besides Houston until now? The Giants? Yeah, I mean. Dodgers have only won one, right? Right, right. In this recent, in this recent the stretch. Road. Yeah, so
0: I would say it's really. The Dodgers it's the haven't Giants, won right?
1: more than one.
0: Houston, and the, and the won, Giants won three. Three
1: and right? yeah, every other year they were on that roll. Um, but like the one of Houston's has kind of an asterisk with it, you know? Yes, even the Dodgers—they I mean, right. the won Dodgers the sixty-game season, right? They've won, right? Well, that's true. They don't They've have two. The, yeah. That's that's it for them. They just have one. So look it's, it's
0: it's better than most franchises that's for sure yeah
1: it it just is it really was weird the way it just ended forever well, yeah, that's the part the part that is most strange is
0: there there was no one left standing,
1: yeah, yeah, uh Barry in Bronzeville wanted to uh talk about the Bears when we were uh playing the Lewis Riddick stuff from earlier about him calling the Bears the team that is number one that must win the off season. What's up, Barry? <laughs>
3: Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. So a couple of things. I heard Waddle say maybe we'll win seven or eight games. So I heard something the other day that was interesting, right? So the Bears lost, I want to say, seven or eight games by one score, right? And so we have a lot of draft capital because we won't have the one number one pick, and we have the money. We all know that, right? If you give the Bears a pass rusher, that's going to make the guys behind them much better, which improves the defense. And if you get a run stop or two, that's a bigger bonus. But if we if we hit on the left tackle because the run game, the run blocking was pretty good, and we get us a number one receiver, I can see us in double-digit wins next year. Oh, I'm not there.
0: I'm, I can't get there yet. I think that's asking a lot. Ten
1: and seven. And, and
0: Barry, honestly, I, I I know what you're saying with regard to them losing eight one-score games, but I would turn it around and go, well, one of their wins was in a monsoon opening mm-hmm. game of the season, another game against the Texans, a horrible team. You were fortunate you had two tipped passes. One was in the, in your red zone and one was in their red zone. I mean, we could play that game to the end of time. So. Well, what about the games against Buffalo,
3: the games against... Dallas, and, and that was just an oversight by Justin Fields by not touching the guy, the games against Philadelphia. Yeah, but Buffalo won 35-13, all... to 13, Barry. <laughs> that game was a lot closer than that, what Okay, you, what you said. I know, but this, this is my point, <laughs> Barry. On, Barry. We, can, we, can do,
0: we can do this. And, did Justin and I, I Fields play that it. game? Uh, Justin played, did Justin play against the Bills? I'm not even huh? sure. I'm 63, so I don't remember. I don't right, think you know, I'm going to get for you. Justin did Yeah, Justin played. Okay.
1: All right. You guys have a good day. All Love right. You. Thanks, Barry. Look, I'm not, it. G- Look, I'm not don't, trying to be... Don't, I'm not try- cap, don't cap yourself with him. Like, what cap's not... He's telling everybody they can't do this, they can't do that. Like, I wouldn't rule out 10. I'm not saying they're going to win 10, but... I'm not there. A stranger? Right. Did right. you want me to tell no. I mean, I'm going to tell right, him right. I'm not
0: there. I'm not there at 10 wins next year. I think I the think...
1: range of 7, 8, 9
0: is possible. Well, that's what I said. Yeah. I just never mentioned 10. Right. I think the, I think going from 3 wins to 7 or 8 wins is going to be so much easier than going from 7 or 8 wins to 10, 11, or 12 wins. I th- uh, Look, don't get me wrong. I've told you, last year I was patient and forgiving. This season... Twenty twenty three, you gotta show promise. You've got to show progress. The tearing down is the easy part, the building up is the difficult spot. The good part about this rehab and rebuild is that you've got a lot of money and you got a lot of draft picks. Now, if you make some good decisions and your coach two two facets, you gotta identify that talent, you got to develop that talent. Now we gotta see what Matt Eberflus can do with a defense that's got more talent. We gotta see if Luke Getzy can take the next step, developing a young quarterback with better ingredients yeah. inside the huddle. There's a chance for this organization to make tremendous strides. Did anyone think that the Giants were gonna be in the postseason? No, or Seattle. Or Seattle. So I again, I'm I'm not trying to sell you that this team is a Super Bowl caliber team. I'm just trying to tell you that in this league. Where you can ask the good kid who sits in this the chair. The NFC mediocrity is 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 the buzzword. And again, I'll point out the three quarterbacks that were Pro Bowlers this year. Gino from the NFC were Gino Smith, Kirk Cousins, and Jalen Hurts. So you can make up ground on this group in the NFC fairly quickly
1: if, in fact, you make good. To see, see I, I think there's another bucket that we never talk about on where the Bears can improve. We always talk about. The salary cap, we talk about the draft, and we talk about what, what, what's the salary cap and draft, I guess. The most cap room and yeah. and, and, and the draft. Well, continuity with and, your coaching and, and, staff will help as well. Well, I just think that there's so much room with Justin. That, like, there's already a lot there, but the leap can be made having that quarterback. Well, listen, the pressure,
0: like, like when I say that there, there's pressure on this team, and it... You've got to show me that you're making good decisions. The same pressure's
1: on your quarterback. Right. Like, he's got to, he can take the leap, though. He's shown you that he's got the ability to take the leap. Yes. Are we humping right now? We're humping. Okay. I'll wait, hump wait, with wait, you wait, a little wait, wait, bit, but, like, I'm listen. I'm not saying it's a for-sure thing, but that's where well, more wins come from. Well, listen, again, it's Last like year, you-
0: last year we gave everybody in the building a break. Quarterback? Well, he's the got, coach, yeah. the front office, My all of them. My expectations, yes. My only point is I'm not saying that all, I'm saying all of them, if they make good decisions and perform, this team can make significant strides. But I'm not leaving Justin out of this equation and saying, hey, it's just everybody else has to get better. Dude. He has to prove to everyone as well, and himself and the people in the building, that he can take that next step with them as well. Do
1: you know where I am with Justin? Do you, uh, do you remember when Derrick Rose was a rookie, and Derrick Rose was Rookie of the Year, um, and this was like a rookie season for Justin because he had lost his rookie year. So, Derrick, after I saw what he was as a rookie, I wanted him to become an all-star, and I wanted him to become a really good player. This was before the MVP season, but I wanted him to become an all-star. I wanted him to c- become good. Yeah. I had demands and expectations on Derek, And so after his rookie year, if he gave us a taste, I wanted Derek to get better in the offseason and become a, a, amongst the better players in the NBA, and he did. He went from a rookie of the year to an all-star. That's what I want Justin Fields to become. Uh, instead of just a good story and a good rusher, I want him to become a, a, a really good well, then I'm glad, quarterback. I'm, I'm glad that that's you're, you're playing that
0: expectations, expectation. Level yes. Because that's a steep expectation. It is. But, yes. like, again, it's big boy league here. Absolutely. You were on the same page here. Yeah. I, totally on the same page. Like, everyone's got to step up this you year. Said,
1: like you said, we, we talked about it with Chris Bryant. We said yes. about it with Tim Anderson. Yes. You set the bar. That's right. I don't you, set it. You think, you think Justin Fields is going into the offseason saying, that's nice, I'd like to New. be continue where I His, I hope his expectations listen, are to become a really good quarterback listen, this offseason. His off approach
0: and his intangibles are, are one of the biggest reasons I have faith and hope and optimism in him because he's got that it factor. Now you've got to prove that you can when teams adjust to you that you got another you got another card to play here.
1: Yeah. Like, and
0: and hopefully with the de- his development and the development around him they do it all together. But it can't be w- just one group and not the other. It can't be the defense just getting better and the offense continuing to lag behind. It can't be, you know, it's got to be all of them. It's got to be Ryan Poles does his job well. Matt Eberflus does his job well. Luke Getzey continues to do good things as their offensive coordinator and Justin as their most important player has to take another big step in the other aspect of his position. You can't average 140 passing yards per game. Some of that is based on everything.
1: That's got to be better next year. Yeah, I have I have expectations and that's a compliment to him. That his that you have expectations. Yeah, that, yes. it's, it's his ability. Yeah. 312 332 if you want to react to that. Tyler Aki is in for Chris Black and Adam Abdallah today. They were in for um, Greeny. So if you want their show, you can get it on the ESPN Chicago app, uh, on the uh, Black and Abdallah uh, podcast. So more coming up next. Guys, we're not out of the woods yet for winter. So if you have any issues with your furnace... If you have any questions, if you don't have that peace of mind that I have, I want you to contact ABC right now, 4abc.com. That's the number, 4abc.com. They're still a while to go. um, And uh, your furnace should be running the way it's supposed to be running, and ABC will make sure that it is. I had Tamar come over at the beginning of the season, and uh, he gave me a five-star experience that you're going to have as well. And uh, recently I had a plumbing issue, a toilet issue in the master bathroom. I had Jason the plumber come over. He was outstanding. I've called him a superhero. It was because not only did he fix my toilet issue, he went around the house through a checklist, making sure everything was operating correctly. He had a hot water heater issue. I said, Hey, you mind checking this out? Shower's not as hot as I'd like it to be. And he made a couple tweaks and boom, shower is running much more efficiently. ABC's the absolute best. They've got 24-7 customer service. They value the customer. They've got evening availability. They've got weekend availability. They'll work around your schedule the way it's supposed to be. You see their green trucks driving around town. You see the billboards. The reason why they're popular is because they value you, the customer, a family-run business for over 70 years. Again, use the website at 4abc.com, the number 4abc.com, to make your appointment. For all your service and installation needs, trust me and trust ABC Plumbing, sewer, heating, cooling, and electric, and consider it done. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie. ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. All right, Tyler's going to be up here in about 10 minutes. If you want to continue to weigh in, 312-332-3776. Let's get through some of these phone calls. Chris wants to... Debate my uh, analogy, Chris in uh, Wisconsin. You're on ESPN 1000. What's on your mind, Chris?
3: Hey, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to uh, respectfully disagree with your D Rose, uh, Justin Fields comparison. I mean, D Rose before he shredded his knee like three times, played with Jimmy Butler and Joakim Noah. I mean, that's a that's a solid nucleus. You're looking at a Chicago Bear team in my 35 plus years of watching them where management always sells to us. all we're stockpiling picks. And I mean, they gutted that every, every team leader on the bears, pretty much they got rid of, I mean, I think Roquan Smith, he led, he led the bears in tackling like three weeks after they let him go. You can't Justin Fields needs more than 1.3 seconds to throw a football. So for you guys to sit there and say, Oh yeah, we gotta I'm standing, I'm not you know, sitting. We, we really gotta see more out of Justin next year. Yeah. If polls can give him some 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 time to throw the football, you will, but if if they don't of course you're gonna get the same thing.
1: Of course, yeah. So,
3: yeah, no, right? I, I I get it. So like, so let's like not back. put
0: any let's not uh, put uh, any responsibility on the quarterback as well, Chris.
3: No, no. He's got responsibility, okay. but you, you need you understand any QB one in the league. Yeah, I do. Needs more than two seconds to throw the football. I do understand Watch that. Watch the go, rewatch the games. I will. And tell me, I mean, yeah, he did. He miss some throws, absolutely. But the kid's got a cannon for an arm. But if he keeps, if they keep running them every play, linebackers and safeties alike, they hit like freight trains in, in the NFL. Know, it's not college it's anymore. Tough. He's got to have time. Yeah, got to have time. He's got to come That's out quicker time. at
0: this level as well because there's the windows are smaller in the NFL. I,
3: yeah, agreed. But okay. there's a learning curve. You look at I mean <clears throat> you look at a guy like uh, Jordan Love. He sat behind Rodgers for what, three, four years up there? Still sat. So. I mean Justin Fields, they're throwing him right in the fire and polls stripped everybody away It was any good. They got who they got? Brewster, uh Montgomery who's probably gone. I mean, who else is there?
0: Well that's the I job. No, now, now's the job. Now's the command. job is you gotta build no, it's people. Not,
3: it's on it's on polls.
1: Yeah, is the one it, that pulls the and string. It, and it's it, 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 you're right. His supporting Fields cast has kid. to get better. But remember, Derrick Rose wasn't surrounded by the guys you mentioned, except Noah. Um, he had Ben Gordon. And that was a 500 team with Vinny Del Negro. The one I mentioned is a rookie. Okay, okay, so, good so, point. So, yep. but, but but yeah, look, basketball is much more of an individual sport than football. But but, I but I, all I'm saying is my expect. I was talking about uh-huh. my expectation level. Um, of how I felt about Rose and it's how I feel about Justin going into from Derek's rookie year to his second Understood. year. So it's look, yeah, it's not apples, it's apples to apples, but that's all For it sure. is. Chris, For thanks. Sure. I want to get to some more you guys. coffee. Guys right, I love Chris. the show. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Rough it's around like, the edges. Well, it's just like you're, you're, just, you're, you're repeating all of the things we said, but then disagreeing with all of the things that you just repeated that we said. Like, So I don't understand where the angst is. It's like arguing with someone in your family. I know I said the
1: same thing. Well, then what are we fighting about? We're, I don't know. See, that's why you have your mother-in-law stay in a hotel. Oh, my mother-in-law's yeah. fine. Uh, Dave in Northbrook, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Dave?
4: Yeah, hey, I just want to list the teams that I think the Bears are better than. Going in.
1: Okay, let's hear that. I mean,
4: you know, the it's, Bills, the, it's the old class. No, 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 no. I'm not going to go there. No, no, no. Chiefs. Houston. Houston, Detroit, Jets,
1: Browns, and Arizona. They're not better than Detroit. Detroit's no. really good. Come on. They're not. Detroit's they're not good. good. If you were, Dave, if you were Dave, Dave, today, Dave,
0: They're, they're li- their, their roster right now is not better than the Detroit Lions. It's not.
4: Okay. All right, well next year Packers are going down because Rogers ain't gonna be there. Down, down, and down cousins, Packers cousins, are going down. <clears throat> C- no, down in down in position. And cousins ain't all that for the Vikings. And let me ask you this. Why did we get rid of Roquan and the other DN that we had that was really good? Robert Quinn. Sachs. Yeah, cuz they now did they're going to go spend money they, to get the same dude. No,
0: they no, they're not going to spend 20 million on Jack Sanborn or whoever else is going to take over the weak side of the middle line Sanborn linebacker.
4: ain't the same as Roquan. Come I, on, man.
0: I, I, I get it, man, and it's 20 20 million dollars more. They don't value it They got off, they, got, they, got, they don't value They, off, money. they
4: don't value they more, off the ball the linebacker bears are in more, the way the bears that you are do. More the Bears have more freaking money than the NFL. That
0: doesn't mean you spend <laughs> it poorly. What happened on, at the end of the man.
4: show? Come on, man. Come give, on, Dave. Why did we, we give Roquan up? We're going to go buy another dude like him.
1: No, you're not. All right, call back tomorrow, Dave, all right? Yeah. We hey, want to talk to you hey, tomorrow. wait, wait, one more we gotta, thing. We got, one more thing. They yelled at us hey, for one more late. Thing. I, I can't. Tomorrow. Eight, one, tomorrow. Eight, we got to go. Call go. tomorrow. We got to go. Call tomorrow. We got to go. Tyler's up next. Thank you to Joe Madden for joining us. Great job by Charlie Bevins and Tyler Aki. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great,
2: nutty Thursday.